0: Hi, this is Billy Idol giving you the story behind the song on
1: Consequence. Welcome listeners to another episode of the story behind the song. I'm your host, Peter Chadi of Creative Media. And in this episode, I speak with one of music's greatest icons of the past half century, the great Billy Idol. Yes, the name says it all. The look, that hair and the musical talent and charisma to back it up. Born William Broad, Idol snarled and fist-pumped his way onto the music scene 46 years ago with platinum blonde spiked attitude and boundless talent. Together, Idol and Steve Stevens created a sound all their own, and White Wedding, from Billy's first full-length solo album released in 1982, is still one of his crowning achievements. Billy discusses the story behind how he created White Wedding, and trust me, it's a story that will surprise you, which is exactly why it's so fascinating to hear directly from this still very vital idol. We also discussed Billy's thumping lead song Cage from his new EP of the same name. It's an interview of a rebel who still yells, but perhaps now also with a quieter voice that time. One of his new EP songs is Rebel Like You, and Billy wrote it for his toddler granddaughter. So take a listen as we dive into this latest fascinating story behind the song episode with the legendary Billy Idol. Welcome everyone. We have the great Billy Idol joining us today for the story behind the song. Billy. Great to see you.
0: Yes. Hi there. Hi everybody.
1: Billy. It's a real pleasure to have you on. And you are truly one of my favorite artists of all time, a real icon. I gotta tell you one personal thing. So every Halloween for my days at college, I dressed up like Billy Idol. I was not nearly as cool as Billy Idol, but I dressed up like Billy Idol. And so those were my days of spiking here. So thank you for inspiring me, not only with your music, but (laughs) as I try to make it, um, make myself cool with the ladies. (laughs) So so anyhow, thanks for coming enjoying it (laughs) so everybody um out there obviously billy needs no introduction let's go from the very beginning because i like to get a guided tour of the artists just from the very beginning their childhood a little bit about your childhood growing up how you got into music in the first place and then we're going to dig into the songs themselves so if you could just take take me through that a little bit
0: yes well i'd I'd lived in america for a little bit. In the age of two and a half to five or five and a half. And um, then I'd come back to England just as uh, the sort of British music scene, um, you know, the sort of early sixties, the Beatles, Stones and everybody—is all taking off. And uh, so I've, I kind of very much fell in love with rock and roll at that point. And uh, then really I just spent uh, the rest of my teenage years and, uh, you know, young adulthood and everything, just, you know, really sort of just marinating myself in music because that was the only thing that really sort of made any sense to us. I mean, me and my friends that uh, I had at the time, it's just what was gave us the music revolution that was going on, was the most exciting thing. And, um, yeah, the music of the sixties and then, uh, then gradually sort of discovering punk rock and stuff here, you know, the Velvet Underground and, um, and then the, the Stooges, and uh, then Bowie, and Roxy Music, and all the glam rock and everything. But music was very much what we, we that's what we lived for. It was like you know that was it was the only thing that sort of made any sense really to us. And um, just going to see groups. And so you know, of course, we always dreamt about being in a group and stuff. And I decided teaching myself guitar at t- ten years old and. Uh, so, and I was listening to all different sorts of music because I was learning to play the guitar, you know so you're listening not just to to hard rock or whatever you listening to folk music and uh acoustic music cause you listen to you know finger pickings there's lots of musics I listened to um and then eventually I started to realize well, I'm never gonna be the greatest guitarist, so maybe simpler <laughs> music is the <laughs> way to go, and then <laughs> punk rock was starting to happen you know and and uh that that spoke a lot lot to me as well because uh yeah because it wasn't quite so yeah you could get away with three or four chords and stuff and um because there's some of the musicians in the '60s were so super musicians, Jimmy Page and people like that, super musicians. I mean, they're fantastic. Yeah. How the hell could you even begin to think about playing the guitar as good as that? You know, like, um, or even sing like Robert Plant or something. You know, so out uh, right. astronomically out of this world. I mean, like, how the, but you could sort of, but you could listen to uh, Iggy and you could kind of go, well, uh, maybe I've got more chance of. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never be like Iggy either, but maybe I've got more chance of being something of my own, you know. And uh, but so listening to people like the yeah, Bowie and stuff, I mean, yeah, I couldn't even sing like Bowie. So is he Lou Reed though? I could sing more like, yeah, Lou's not going all over the, you know. So you sort of uh, gradually over time, you sort of started to find things that you went, well, I can't do that, but I can do this. I can't do this, but I can do that. You know, and maybe over time, you just started to sort of didn't realize you were doing it, but you started working an instrument in yourself, you know, a vocal instrument. And then you really, when um, I got in Generation X and stuff, could I really sing? No, no, I couldn't really. I mean, that's what was fantastic about punk, was he didn't have to. You know, he was like, no, in fact, he was the opposite. It was like, no, it's better if you can't sing. So it, it was great. So it was a great way of starting out, you know. And, uh, but the thing was that, you know, we love music and we, we, we wanted, you know, we'd grown up watching other people write songs and always dreaming about writing our own and um, and then when i met tony james we started writing our own songs and uh, and then we found out we were doing it you know we were in a we got in a group uh, gener- we saw our own group eventually generation x and um yeah it's just uh, it was really exciting and it all led it led to me having a solo career Right. Uh, when I came to America and with MTV and everything, and I was trying to write songs for my solo career. You know, for me, and it was, I was finding it very difficult initially because uh, I'd always written with Tony James and stuff. Mm-hmm. But when I came to write "White Wedding," um, my producer Keith Falsey, he he put me in the studio because uh, we were we were we'd done quite a lot of the first Billy Idol solo album, but we we needed it. We needed a couple of songs, so he, he put me in the control room with a drum machine, my guitar, and said, come on, you've got to come up with something. We need <laughs> we need more songs. And um, and my sister was sort of getting married in, in England, and uh, I don't know why. That, I was just, that was just on the forefront of my mind a little bit. And so I, I wrote to the top of this sort of full scrap, yellow fools got white wedding you know and then i started to think about well you know my sister was actually pregnant at the time she was going to get married so i was thinking wow in the past that would be like a shotgun wedding and stuff you know (laughs) wouldn't it i mean there would be someone saying you've got to get married you know Yeah, yeah they were perfectly happy about getting married but i was thinking about more like how it was in the past a bit and um I was thinking more like, what if she had a brother who was like super jealous? Almost incestuous relationship. I don't know why I thought all of these things but an incestuous. Brother, almost like Clint Eastwood, revenge killer coming back.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: and you've yeah. taken my city by. <laughs> sister away i don't know why i was thinking of these things but, but i just thought yeah all these weird you know just almost trying to write you know the opposite and not not you know like the opposite of a wedding song that of a beautiful
1: and, wedding song right into something <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a rebellious <laughs> rant right
0: yeah sort of a gothic wedding you know and uh yeah more like what have you done you know you've so it's more of a shotgun wedding kind of
1: and uh do you remember billy when that okay so this was a reaction to your sister's wedding and, uh, and and you were thinking of a white, you were thinking of a wedding. So you wrote down something that just said white wedding. And then yeah. you were, you, as you said, you were kind of in the studio. You were, you were trying to formulate additional songs for your album, your um, solo debut full length album. Uh, but how did, and, did these thoughts of like Gothic and something different, did they just, do you remember when that happened or how it happened or did tell me a little bit about that?
0: Well, I think just the world we were living in, you know, the sort of the, I'd come out of the punk rock world and stuff. And, um, I, I brought a lot of that into my solo career, really. not so much musically, but maybe attitude wise and just sort of imagery. Yeah. And, um, so I think you know it's just like yeah you know one of the things uh, say you think about public image Johnny Rotten you know this is not a love song you know you're writing the opposite you know and eyes without a face is kind of like a murder song it's a murdering love song you know it's it's, it's the opposite it's like and I think I was doing that with white wedding I was thinking how do my sister's getting married but I'm gonna take this dark vision of it and turn it on its head turn, instead of its white wedding woo it's all wonderful it's more it's like why well, it's evil or something why <laughs> i don't know why, why. it's just that what i was doing with a lot of things at that time sort of turning them on the on their head really like i did it with eyes without face it was like yeah i'm gonna write you know, i'm murdering my love song you know <laughs> so
1: did, um, did, was it the music did the like the guitars come to you first or did did you write lyrics down first how did that all happen I was kind of doing it at the same time because
0: I was basically in the studio with a drum machine, and I could turn the you know recording machine on. So I was just playing along to the drum machine on my guitar, and uh, I just yeah just played something really kind of really simple. You know, I was thinking like of Dancing with Myself. How can I write a follow up to Dancing with Myself? That would be that would be a big part of my you know. I'm thinking how can I write something as good as that's the follow up to because I hadn't done that yet I hadn't really written a follow-up to dance with myself something that was a similar kind of idea but in a totally but thematically a totally different song but musically a bit of a similar idea you know how can I yeah. write something like that so I just it's basically dancing with myself is basically a three four chord trick so I was thinking about that with White Wedding it's going to be really simple it's three chords or something so I really started playing B it, it, what Rebel yell, white wedding, rebel dance myself. They're all in B. They're all E A B or B A E or kind of a similar chords. It's a very simple chord structure. And then, so I'm just going round B E A. I think B do, 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 going round those chords. And then after a little bit, I don't know why I started to sing, "Hey little sister, what have you know?" Because it's this shotgun wedding; it's not supposed to be happening. I'm the I'm Clint Eastwood. I'm the brother coming back seeking revenge, maybe on the boyfriend. I don't know why, but I just was thinking of all of that, and so the first thing came out on ding 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 ding, kind of sort of pulsing on a B was "Hey little sister, what have?" It's almost like a folk tune. When I thought about it, I thought when I think about it today, you go, it's almost like a a folk song tune. It's not really, you know. Anyway, but I started with that. Hey, little, I got that, hey, little sister, what have you done line. And then um something about I was beginning my life again in America. I was with by going solo. I was beginning mm. my life again. So thematically, start again, you know, why not forget this? Start. I'm starting my life. I'm starting again. So when things go wrong, don't think it's over, start again. So maybe I' put that in. And then, of course, I just sang, "Why, wedding, All evil." And then um, after a bit, uh, I was I'd recorded myself playing you know this this kind of verse, like, "Hey, little sister, what have you done?" I'd come up with. And I had a, the start again, and then the, the white wedding. I thought I just, and now I need, now I need the musical hook on the guitar. Well, if the song's in B, so I just started to play down the B B minor chord, ding, 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 boom, ding, up and down it. And all that is, it sounds like a spaghetti Western. And I'm thinking Clint Eastwood. I'm thinking, I love, you know, Ennio Morricone and all, I loved all that music. So I'm a little bit thinking of a, yeah, it's Clint Eastwood. It's kind of Revenge, Revenge. He's <laughs> coming, he's a Western. I was in Los Angeles. I'm out West. Um I started to play that Because it's just up and down the B minor chord It's really simple Anybody could do it It's almost stupid actually But I went, wow, that's actually And then later on Steve put the You know But I because yeah. i th- and i thought like oh, wow. it's like the it's like the you know a few dollars more or something you know <laughs> whip crack and i was just so thinking did, all of that stuff and you know, you know, know? I was actually putting yeah. these ideas on top of myself so you know after a bit when i next came out of the studio caught after about 20 minutes half an hour i came out of the studio and said to my producer was out sitting outside reading a magazine. I said, teach, I've done my homework. And he went, oh, no, come off it. You can't <laughs> have done it. It's only been a half an hour. I said, no, but I think I've got all the pieces. And so he came in and we had, I had about a 20-minute thing. We made a 20-minute version then, you know, of all these pieces that I had. I had the reverse bit, I had the... Why, where do I wedding? I had the start again. I had the ding, ding, ding. But when we started to put it together, we had sort of put like a twenty-minute uh, version, which I think is going to come out on. Uh, we're going to re-release this first Billy Idol solo album. I think it's going to have the demo.
1: Oh, that's it's awesome! It. It's this twenty-minute awesome.
0: version of it that I, where all the pieces are there, you know. And um, yeah, then we next. I took it to uh, back to the hotel that night because we were in Los Angeles recording the first solo album and I played it to Steve and then let's record this tomorrow. And he said, wow, this is great bill, you know, sort of thing. Let's record it tomorrow. So that's what, and that's
1: what we did. So you knew that you had, first of all, this came together really quickly. All these thoughts were in your head and it came together really quickly, like you said, and you, it sounds like you knew you had something here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When we, by the time we finished that 20 minute being Keith both knew, wow, this, we've got the single we're looking for. We're, or we've got the thing we can really hang this album on really. Cause up yeah. to that point, we didn't really, we had heart in the city. I've got to say we did have heart in the city. I remember that really was, that was, that's myself.
1: yeah. Hot in the city was all over the place before it was all over the place. I remember back as being a, you know, a, a, a young guy in Minneapolis, like, you know, Minneapolis and every, every city had the different kind of call out for it, but very different song than white wedding wedding. Um, but, so I was going to ask you about start again. And it's fascinating to hear that both white wedding. Well, and little sister is actually your sister. So it's literally your sister and then start again was the way you described it. So uh, I didn't know how that came to you, but it's fascinating to hear you tell that story.
0: Yeah, a lot of it to do is well, what I, I was in my life, what I, you know, what was going on, and uh, yeah, that I'd sort of, re- yeah, in a way, I'd restarted my my career in a way by coming to America, and I was starting literally starting again. So yeah, why not? Yeah, why not sort of uh, celebrate that a little bit, and then, and maybe it was saying to everybody, if your wedding, if your marriage goes wrong. <laughs> 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 we're in a divorce yeah. culture in a way starting it but my life was yeah my life i've restarted my life i've restarted my career and it and look at what's happening you know we, you can my marriage fell apart generation x fell apart but my new marriage with steve stevens going yeah. strong i don't know
1: <laughs> perry lister the relationship you had at the time with perry lister um who was your girlfriend at the time is that right yeah, she was actually
0: in a dance group, uh, which which were really big in England, the Hot Gossip, and they were on this show, the Kenny Everett video show, where in the middle of the show, they would always, David Mallet, the director, would do a, a, you know, he'd have the police or someone doing Don't Stand So Close, and it would be like a, you know, it'd be a music clip that, you know, they basically played out some kind of scenario, you know, using the Hot Gossip dancers, and um, and then I met Perry Lister. You know, she was one of the dancers, and she would become my girlfriend and stuff. And then uh, she knew, she knew David Mallet, of course. So uh, that's how I got to know David Mallet. And then, uh, yeah, then the video was just a follow on from all the ideas when I was writing the song. You know, like, yeah, it's a revenge thing. It's slightly dark. It's a little gothic. It's a little, it's still bringing the punk, punk ethos, the punk attitude, really. Even though it's not a punk song. But it's bringing that punk darkness, maybe yeah. a little bit of the drug culture I was in a bit, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little bit taking drugs, so you're a little bit, uh, there's a dark side to that, you know. You're, you're, you're experimenting with your life, it's a little dangerous. So maybe I was bringing that into it. That's a little bit of the dark side. It's it's you're the brother's the evil guy, it's my sister, you know, it's not, it's me. I was the one who's caught up <laughs> in the sort of dark side, you know. That's really what's going on,
1: and that's real. tell what us was. about. Yeah, and tell us about the ring on the finger.
0: Yes, that was really her idea. It was Perry's idea to uh, when cause I married her in the video. We had this got of gothic kind of wedding, and we got sort of some of our friends on one side of the uh, aisle were all dressed up like in punk rock and all sort of extravagant fashions, and then on the other side of the aisle they were very straight, you know. So it was it was supposed to be this marriage of some this horrible wedding where you know yeah I was. <laughs> I was this evil guy marrying, <laughs> God, and then you even put a barbed wire ring on her finger. It was Perry's idea, though. It was the lady's idea.
1: But, uh, and so every, everybody out there, and tell me if this is right, Billy, but what I read was that was a real barbed wire ring. And so when you put it on her finger, that's real blood in the video. Is that thinking. right?
0: It was fake blood, really. I think
1: oh, well, that's, okay. how, well, that, that's how that's how much fun more. people
0: were having with the videos that they thought things like that. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
1: yeah. Well, yeah. it's either way, either way. It's it's <laughs> one of the most iconic videos of all time from MTV. It's a great video, um, and all the imagery, like the arms going out, which can be interpreted in different ways. You know, from the audi- the people in the audience, um, but. Fascinating. Uh, And, and so what I'm going to do, Billy, is we're going to get into the second song. um, But thanks for taking us through that story. We're going to take a quick short break and then we'll be right back with Billy Idol. And we're going to speak about the second song, which is a song he selected called cage from his new EP, the cage. So hold on. Okay. We're back with Billy Idol and we're going to talk about the story Behind the second song from his new album, "The Cage," his new EP, "The Cage," and Billy, first before we get into the song itself, the name of the album. Tell us just about like the the background of the album itself and why it feels the way it does, and just you know the, the kind of the theme behind it, if there is a theme, and then we'll get into the song.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I suppose we're sort of talking about. You know, uh, you know, breaking down barriers you've created, or barriers that society is putting up, or that circumstances in society have created in a way that the pandemic created us. You know, where we had to stay locked inside and kind of held, held in really, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, we by the time we were writing, we, it's actually an EP, is what we're putting out. It's the KGP. Um, Which eventually we will put the uh, Roadside EP, which we did last year, together with Cage and a third EP as an album. But at the moment, that's what this is. It's a four track EP. And um, but, yeah, Cage was very much we, you know, when we started uh, doing the first EP, the Roadside, the, the coronavirus was very new and it was too new to write a song about it. But uh, now, when we came to do this EP, we'd now been living with it for like two years, or a year and a half, two years. So uh, a year and a half at that point. But So we'd really live with it. And um, we really knew how we felt about sort of the, lock, the lockdowns and just feeling held in. And we started to sort of uh, talk about, you know, uh, how it's almost we felt so locked in that we'd feel like the zombies at the windows. <laughs>
1: <laughs> finally, Ready to break in. Break
0: out to get with, you know, we're finally making friends with them. We've been, we've been surrounded by them for so long, you know, like as if we're in the night of the living dead, you know, forever. And, uh, and then Steve was saying how, you know, where he lived on sunset, all the, all the, the storefronts had been boarded up, you know, because nobody was shopping or whatever. And so we'd, in a way, we'd boarded up our ambitions, you know, our ambitions for life had got shut down and, uh, yeah um yeah the, the the demons have become my friends. The zombies at the window say it's finally the end, so I'm kicking down the door and never closing it again. yeah, you know, I'm just sick of the lockdown, really, and uh, just made you feel like you just wanna break out, and sort of the the e p is in is a little bit about that, really, in some ways because even there's another song on it running from the ghost that is a little bit about celebrating us kind of putting our drug addictions in the rear view mirror, you know so the ghost is the drug addiction that we've sort of, uh, we were sort of a little bit into in the eighties, which we sort of somehow, I think me and Steve have both sort of come a long way toward putting that in the back rear view mirror. So yeah, we're talking about breaking out of things and, uh, the song cage is really, really about that. It's really about, yeah, we're now kind of breaking loose after the pandemic, you know, we're starting to feel the freedom and, uh, <laughs> yeah and enjoying it really and that was it's, it's a killer song and then the video came out fantastic that we did with Stephen Sebring it's come out fantastic so
1: yeah I just it. I just watched it. it and the song I've been listening to it's a great thumping song
0: yeah it's a really you know, fun song I think it's in the sort of Billy Idol tradition sort of follows oh yeah along. I think yeah. we've I, found a way to sort of do what we've always done but sort of sort of revitalize it where it feels fresh
1: mm-hmm with whom did you work and how do you think that shaped the sound on this one?
0: Well, that's right. The, the, <clears throat> the roadside was really the last EP we did like came out about a year ago, a year in June, year and a half in June, um, that, uh, Butch Walker produced that. And, uh, but uh, we worked with, them on the song bitter taste, we worked with these, these young guys, um, uh, Tommy English and Joe Janiak and uh, so we started to write with them um, for this you know for this uh, for the KGP and um, then we started to me and Steve started to realize that oh Tommy uh, and his friend um, Zach, Zach, Zach Zafini yeah that they're, they're producers really so mm-hmm. um as we were writing, we were sort of recording as we wrote, which is really how we always recorded with Keith Forsey. We've always done that, some sort of modern way of recording really is you kind of record as you go. So we were doing that with Tommy and then we were sort of realising what well, he's producing really it's great, you know. So we realised uh, these guys are a great team to work with, they're not just songwriters, they're a great sort of production team. Yeah. Um, Joe and Tommy and uh Zach, you know, Zach Savini. And um it's just worked out really great. And they've got like an encyclopedic knowledge of, of music, so maybe you know, we we live we've lived alongside it. Um but they seem to have know as much about it as we do. Uh, as much about the music scene as we do and So they've sort of drunk it in a lot. So, so we've. And always-
1: also your, your music yeah, very deeply, I'm sure, because it, it has impacted the whole culture. You know, I have two young kids who are 22 and 19 and they grew, they grew up with Billy Idol music around them. So Billy Idol music is just part of the kind of the zeitgeist, you know? Fantastic.
0: So, yeah. Well, like, like they, is- they brought that in. Yeah. That's right, yeah. I hope we're sort of keeping on, uh, yeah, doing stuff that, yeah, it's kind of in keeping with what we've done before, but it sort of has a freshness to it and it's just haven't quite done a song exactly like Cage before we kind of have, but well, I think we've definitely got the combination of it's it's kind of coming at you, it's a bit more rock and roll, but we've got a great, it's a great tune, a great melody, a great lyrics, and so... Uh, yeah, these these guys are fun to work with. It's like with, there's a good idea that we we're all kind of putting in bits and pieces too. It's it's a, it all very happens very organically. So all of that I think is helping to make the recording sound very exciting and sort yeah. of you know it's it's it, we're excited as we're doing it. There's no long gestation period. It's all happening. I mean, I probably sang these songs five times maybe. And that's what you're listening to. And then somehow we were so invested as we were doing it that it, I didn't need to sing them loads of times because it was, I was nailing it. I was nailing what we needed to do as we were doing it. So, yeah, as we went, we nailed things and it just seemed to be coming out great. And um, it's just because I, I got a bit of a nasal infection, an MRSA infection, that uh, it took a bit of time to release this. EP. We would have put it out last February or something um, or June would have come out in June. It's coming out in September the 23rd. We would have put it out in June, except I I got this horrible MRSA um, sinus infection that took about four or five months to, you know, the antibiotics just took a long time to really get rid of it.
1: Did that song cage, was that a collective collaborative effort in terms of the music and the lyrics? Or, yeah, most
0: definitely. Yeah, we were just all putting in bits and pieces, you know.
1: Okay, gotcha. Like,
0: um, I would, you know, I would say something about, yeah, you know, um, something about the Night of the Living Dead, you know. We go, yeah, it's been like like we're living and zombies are outside or something. <laughs> yeah, We've got to make friends with them because, like, you know, we've been living with them so long. And then Steve would say something like, yeah, and down sunset, all the windows are boarded up. And it was like, yeah, we have boarded up our ambitions, you know, so – and then yeah, when we kick down this door, we're not
1: closing it again, you know. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. I don't, I don't think people are going to allow that to happen. So, <laughs> and and then I just want to make one note. It's a great kick-ass song. Um, not surprisingly, it's a great kick-ass song. You can cr- everybody can crank that at home. Um, but there's one more slide that I just thought was interesting, if it's right, on the EP something a uh, uh, song called "Rebel Like You." <laughs> yes. So who's that about, Billy?
0: Yeah, I mean, when you listen to the lyrics, you th- you know, um, you think it could be about any kind of superfan who might come to a Billy Idol concert who's kind of dressing like me and done their hair like me. But yeah. actually, well, it was about my little granddaughter, Poppy Rebel. She was only a year and a half, but she came to my shows in Vegas and she came to two shows. And one of the shows, her mother dressed her up like me in the Dancing With Myself video. So she had that kind of skeletal... <laughs> Top on, you know that, and uh, black pleather pants, and little Dr. Martin's and a little glove, and she had a hair oh,
1: cl- classic. Classic. And she had a little little
0: uh, female uh, clasp in her hair and stuff. She looked lovely, but and uh, she she was seeing Grandad, What Granddad does for a living, you know, and uh, so really, um, we started to write this song, and it was uh, I never thought I'd ever. I said, well, what about, you know, the lyric? What about this? I never thought I'd ever meet another friend like you. I was saying to Joe, you know, and then he said, well, what about Rebel? And I went, I never, (laughs) oh, great. I said, if it's Rebel, we can write it about Poppy Rebel coming to visit me in Vegas. So it's a little bit, you know, tongue in cheek about, it's really about my little granddaughter. And just. That's classic. She was, and then her looking like me. And so uh, it's really yeah. And she's Poppy, her name is Poppy Rebel,
1: so. No, that's, that's wonderful. I think that's such a beautiful thing. And to think of Billy Idol as a grandfather. Wow. Tell me about just Steve Stevens, such a integral part. Um, you two have been partners for so long, uh, kind of like the, almost like the Lennon and McCartney of pop punk, right? You know, it's, you guys have been together forever. So how did you meet? Because I think you met after generation X, right? So when you came to America.
0: Yeah, actually, um, I had a manager, Bill O'Coin, um, who lived in New York, and uh, he knew Steve really. That's uh, that's really how we met, and mm-hmm. uh, but it was perfect because um, initially I, you know, we had a really great meeting, and um, I said to Steve, you know, really, I've got this. I had a song out, "Moanie Moanie," out at that time um, on a on an EP back then. It was, we were doing EPs. Back in the early 80s, you didn't need yeah. me, Don't Stop. So I said to Steve, you know, Steve, I've got this kind of EP out and I really need a band. How about, you know, you help me put a band together and we'll play, we'll put this band together and then we'll see, you know, if you're digging what we're doing as we put the band together and we we'll write songs together or write songs and we'll see if we can write together. You know, if you're digging what we're doing, we'll we'll stay playing together and really that's that's what happened. We." We um, put the group together and we, we did that first Billy Idol solo album that had White Wedding on it. And it was just, yeah, it was working, you know. And um, I was writing with Steve and uh, it, was, it was just a lot of fun. So um, it carried on. You clicked right
1: away with them, it sounds like.
0: Yeah, and once I, could, once I saw what Steve could do um, musically, I realized with this guy on guitar I could go all over the map musically anything I wanted to do we could achieve it and also with the producer I had back then Keith Forsey I knew with Keith and with Steve I could I could live my musical dreams basically
1: yeah and 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 just really quickly also Generation X your band before going solo was a very successful band um and so you did. I think it was three albums that you created together as a band, Generation X, and then you left. What was it that led you to leave the band and go solo? It's
0: really just that it kind of dissolved over time a little bit. I was writing songs on my own. I'd started to write um, things like The Untouchables and a few songs on my own, and um, I was kind of enjoying that. I started, see, Tony in Generation X, Tony wrote the lyrics And I wrote the music. And so I started to, you know, I was getting a bit older and I started to write my own lyrics, really. And so um, I knew, really, um, it's better if you write your own lyrics if you're a singer, you know, it's just
1: better. Yeah, yeah. So I started to write my own
0: songs, really. I started to really sort of have a vision of what Billy Idol would be. I think that was partly what happened.
1: Got you. Okay, so I'm going to take another very short break and then we're going to come up and just I'll finish up with – kind of a lightning round with Billy. I want to cover a lot of ground in a short period of time. So stay tuned and we'll be right back with Billy. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from longtime No See the podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you and Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost <laughs> fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Okay, we're back with the great Billy Idol. And you were talking at the beginning about punk music and how it impacted you. And you were um the Sex Pistols were a big influence on you it sounded like but did you consider yourself to be a punk like were you a hardcore punk
0: well um yeah it was a punk rocker but uh I don't know about hardcore really because you know, the people in the bands we were never as I don't know if we were ever as a lot of the lot of the audience were a lot more hardcore
1: <laughs> yeah 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 and so
0: you know that's what that's all they had really was we had the music too so uh yeah, you know, we're very much musicians who are punks.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So, uh,
0: so, yeah. And you kind of, you don't want to, yeah, there's a lot of sensibilities that come along with playing music that you don't want to just be too one way.
1: What's your favorite song that you wrote?
0: Yeah. Um, well, Generation X, one of them is Kiss Me Deadly. And then, um, yeah, Billy Idol. I mean, I like Prodigal Blues, and uh, well, I like White Wedding and Dancing with Myself and Rebel Yell, of course. And uh, I really liked Running from the Ghost. One of these new songs it was really killer. It came out fantastic. It's almost like a mini, like a mini epic. It's like a, an epic contained in four minutes or something. It's, so much goes on in it. It, yeah. it just leaves you at the end when you finished hearing it. It's like. I almost don't really. I was, I was stunned when we wrote it. When we finished recording it, I was just kind of going, this song doesn't stop. We've never quite written a song quite as dynamic as it, you know, and that was incredible to be sitting there listening to this song going, man, I don't think I've ever done something. And I've done a lot of music. And to be think, feeling this kind of, you know, to be feeling this at this stage of the game that, wow, you can still impress
1: yourself. <laughs> That's a great thing. That's a great thing. And what's a song that you wish you wrote?
0: Oh, God, there's so many. Mm.
1: There's so
0: many great songs that Bowie wrote, or imagine any of those David Bowie songs, or Lou Reed songs. There's so many great Lou Reed songs, Velvet Underground songs. That were so great. And, uh, yeah, there's just... So many Bowie songs, just fantastic. I mean, yeah, you could, you could, any of them really. I mean, God, Space Oddity, or any of them, Life on Mars, or then his later stuff. Just, just growing up with, growing up with Lennon McCartney, and then David Bowie was one of the most incredible things in the world. You know, it's like wow. You know, these great, incredible songwriters that weren't so weren't so much older. Well, they of course they, you know you know, Bowie's and it was only ten years. Old. Even the Beatles are only ten or twelve or thirteen years older than me. But so you're growing up with these people that you you knew they'd just been schoolboys, they'd just yeah. been dreaming of doing it and they were doing it. You know, so uh, yeah, Strawberry Fields or something. Imagine imagine writing that song. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, got you. And Billy, if you didn't become Billy Idol, the artist, uh, musician. What do you think you'd be doing? I don't know. I know, it's a bit scary
0: thought. I might have had to work for my dad, you know, selling power tools or something, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And how did... (laughs) Or I would have been a teacher or something, maybe a teacher at a university, history teacher, or something boring like that, which would have been terrible because I know people are so bored today. Like being
1: a history teacher is the worst thing in the world because people are so bored. With, they hate history. And you mentioned teachers, and tell us about how a teacher impacted your name.
0: Well, that's right. It was really Bill Price, who's the chemistry teacher, my third form chemistry teacher, when I'd be 13 or something. He wrote on my yeah. report in uh, capital letters. You know, in those days, the teachers, they – They would write their remarks in longhand, you know, joined up writing, and he wrote in capital letters, William is I-D-L-E, you know, and I've never forgotten that because I knew my dad's going to kill me. And uh, I never forgot that really. And uh, so at first I was going to be Billy I-D-L-E, you know, like, uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, in England, Eric Idle of Monty Python, that's his real name, you know, so actually kind of. Yeah, so I had to make a choice. Was I going to be Billy I-D-L-E and be, how can I be like, Eric you know, Cop Eric Idle's name or <laughs> slightly more crazy, Billy I-D-O-L and, woo, the world's your oyster.
1: Do you remember that moment when you had that little twist and turned it from Idle I-D-L-E to Idle I-D-O-L?
0: Yeah, this lady was writing a uh, 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 this lady, Caroline Kuhn, for Sounds Magazine in England was writing a do- uh, um, an article about the Sex Pistol fans the Bromley Contingent, I was part of that. And she said, well, what do you want to be called? in the, in the the?" Uh? And I said, well, I was being Billy IDLE, but there's Eric Idle, you know. It's his real name. Well, she said, "We well, have got 24 hours to figure it out. Call me tomorrow and tell me. So over the 24 hours, I thought about it, and I went, this is crazy, this is crazy, but it's idol and then i've yeah, been living with it forever so <laughs> that,
1: that's like that's a punk moment to take on idol like that's you you're embracing you know that's pretty outstanding okay so billy i got to ask you one thing um what would be something about you that would really surprise your fans you know something that they just wouldn't expect about billy idol
0: well, I suppose that I really do. I like a lot of historical things. I like. I don't read a lot of novels, but I read. I read a lot of history books. So they, well, they're usually they're not economic history books or something like that. They're you know the stories of kings and queens and whatever. Uh, I like. I, I like a lot of history. Uh, Winston Churchill or whoever. You know, um, I'm quite sort of uh, interested in. I, still, I read a lot. You know. <laughs> They might Mm find that there's a side of me that's quite insular. You know, there's a side of me that's outgoing, but there's a side of me that can sit with a guitar. Uh, There's a side of me that can enjoy my own company, really. Um, There's a side I'm quite happy like that too. So so that's probably why I can be, why I can write songs maybe, because I can get with myself and enjoy that experience, you know, and that's kind of what you do when you write songs. You get with a guitar and you just you enjoy the feelings that are coming out. There's an ooh feeling you get when you get a good line or a good tune. A, if you're playing your guitar and you, you know, you're humming away to yourself, you, you get a, you get a physical feeling when something's good, you know, mm-hmm. you get an actual warm glow or something, you know, you get a, like a ooh feeling.
1: Yeah. <laughs> ooh. Yeah. yeah.
0: Wait a minute. Hey, that's not bad. You know, that's what I would have got with, hey, little sister, what, a, ooh, that's, that feels good. And start again. Yeah, we did a screamy bit. Yeah, white wedding. And then start again to white wedding, you know, what, <laughs> you know. if I would have been doing that in my little, yeah. you know, in that little control room on my own. Somehow that's what I would have been doing, you know. I would have been feeling that, this ooh. When, when something's yeah. right, you get an ooh feeling that tells you, you're on the right track, you know. <laughs> and then Billy, what are you listening to today? Well, I do listen to like Kendrick Lamar and Pharrell and some post Malone and some modern artists, but then I mainly listen to old old school music or a lot of old reggae. There's a lot of classic reggae you can hear today. I couldn't you know, I could hear it back in the day, but I couldn't buy it. Or because just I didn't have the money, you know. Just back in the yeah. '70s, I just when we punk rock, I just didn't have any money. So you're hearing a lot of music you couldn't buy. but now you can you can find it, stream it, or you know. So there's so much music that uh, I can listen to that I knew was going on, but I couldn't hear it. All. So so there's so there's worlds in the past I can visit, and there's music today I can listen to and kind of you know groove on it and stuff. And then my son makes music too, Willem. My son at willem wolf he makes his own edm kind of chill out music and so it's fun hearing what he does as well
1: yeah yeah i bet well listen billy so right now you're on tour you have the new ep that's um that's come out the cage or coming out uh you have a documentary i understand next year that's going to be coming and we can't wait to see that and of course, one of the things that you wrote several years ago was your autobiography, Dancing with Myself, which was a New York Times bestseller. And you've also starred in several films. You've been in several films. So you've kind of done it all. But Billy, it's really great to see you. Um, you know, thank you for all your wonderful music. People can't wait to see you on tour, including myself, and listen to the new album. So thanks for joining on the story behind the song. Oh, well, thank you, Peter. Thank you, everybody. That was the great Billy Idol sharing the story behind his pop punk classic White Wedding. I'm your host, Peter Choddy. You can follow me on Twitter at P That's P as in Peter, C as in cat, S like Sam, A like Apple, T like Tom, H like Harry, Y like yellow, and at Creative Media. That's creativemedia.biz. For more of the story behind the song, make sure you like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and tune in on the third Monday of every month for new episodes. Also, make sure you're following the Consequence Podcast Network to keep up to date with all our series at consequence.net forward slash consequence dash podcast dash network. And as always, thanks for listening to the story behind the song.